0: It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner.
1: Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, presented by Joseph and Vinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, joined by Chad Randall from Bearcat Journal. We're going to talk some football, um, a little bit of basketball with practice just starting. If you're wondering, our regular basketball podcast with uh, with Chad and with Rick Roaring We'll be starting up again here uh, in the very near future. But logistics today, and the fact, we haven't really talked a lot of college football, led us to to this point. Um, Kent, as you see sits 4-0 and with what's upcoming on the schedule, eh, this is not for the players or the coaches to do this, but you can do it. Fans can do it. Um, How feasible is it that this team could be undefeated by the time they play USF on Saturday, November the 10th? It's
0: not a lot like it you know a month ago that was an insane thought and and not even really feasible uh, i don't think anybody felt but at this point in time i mean you never know they they there's they're gaining confidence uh, it's it's a, a very interesting mix skinny because i i know a lot of people talk about this team being very young uh being one of the youngest teams in the country and, right. and while that's true there's also 17 starters that were recruited by the previous coaching staff that are all either their third year or, or greater into the right. program. So it's a, a really interesting mix of youth and experience. Uh, I think Ludwig and his staff have done a, a fantastic job taking those guys that were left over, uh, that were left behind by the previous coaching staff and making them better players. I think that is a huge part of it. And then I think you have, you know, some really exciting young guys that are starting to shine um, one that kind of, you know, falls in between James Wiggins was recruited by Tommy Tuberville's staff, red shirted, um, Tommy's final year. And then now all of a sudden as a sophomore is looking like the best player on their defense. And that's some stuff that you can get excited about. James Wiggins, Derek Forrest, uh, Mike Warren, and, and where in the world did Desmond Ritter come from? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you're really starting to see some things for this program that, that have you excited for the future and have you thinking 6-0, and 7-0, oh, oh, somewhere along those lines as they start getting into the heart of the schedule uh, going into late October and November.
1: It's very possible as they continue to win, if they continue to win, um, they'll be favor. They are favored handily this week at UConn. It is on the road, and that's still never easy. They'll be favored against Tulane. If they keep winning, they'll probably be favored slightly at Temple, uh, probably be favored at SMU, and then come home and be favored against Navy. I mean, it's conceivable as long as they keep this rolling, they're going to be favored for, for each of the four games after Connecticut. Um, and, and then, obviously, USF and, and UCF follow that. But let's not get too far ahead. Let's let's look back to Ohio real quick, and then we'll, we'll look to what's going on. Um you, you, yeah, down twenty-one, nothing, um, and at the end of the day, the fact they came back and won, the fact that the defense had to keep making stops and did, and held them to three field goals after what the first quarter in five minutes. Yeah, because um, that's that's the thing. I think you could you could hang your hat on through the first three games, and what they did was how good this defense was. So twenty-one, nothing, a bit of a shocker. But the fact that they came back to win that game, how, how important is that? I mean, it's great to beat Alabama A&M sixty-three to seven. It's great to shut out Miami twenty-one to nothing. Uh, but this was a team you were favored by almost double digits against, fell behind three touchdowns, came back to win. I think that's as important as anything else, that you found a way to do that.
0: Well, Skinny, I think it's so many times I think we roll our eyes. We hear coaches talk about culture, changing culture, changing this, changing that. I think this is tangible because how many times over the past three years did they get down 21 and just say, eh, next week? Right. And we didn't see that happen. They, they You know, I, I thought Ohio and their staff did an excellent job through the first 20, 25 minutes of that game. A lot of misdirection. A lot of putting situations, uh, putting Cincinnati in situations where it was a one-on-one tackle. And, and if that tackle was missed, uh, Ohio made a huge play. Uh, and and I thought, you see... And UC was really good at that in the first three games, too. They were really good at the open field. But I also think that that Ohio put them in more individual situations than they had seen in those first three games. That's why I specifically point to, you know, schematically, I thought Ohio really put them on their heels uh, out of the gate, and then you saw that defense kind of adjust. Um, Those, you know, the tackling got better, uh, most certainly. But also, you saw a lot different, um, you know, philosophy defensively in terms of keeping them from getting out in space and making sure that if there was somebody that missed a the tackle, there was somebody else to clean it up. Um, so I think that was a, a very positive thing. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm you know, I know you asked about defense, but that comeback doesn't happen if Desmond Ritter doesn't play out of his body. Yeah, let's um,
1: let's, let's, let's segue to him for a second because. First game, he came in in relief very quickly, but came in and wasn't asked to throw the ball. It was pretty much ground and pound, and let the defense win it. They did. Next game, obviously weather was a was a huge issue, and the defense was playing so well, so no reason to do it. They came out and threw around a little bit against Alabama and A and M, but but you know four different quarterbacks threw passes in that game. So he, you know, he, he got his reps, but he didn't get a, a ton of, of of snaps, but did throw it around well. This was kind of the game though that he had to lead them to victory, and well, he really responded.
0: Well, he started zero for three on third down, and that was a big part of why they were in a twenty-one to nothing deficit. But um, because they couldn't answer what Ohio was doing, they couldn't move the sticks. <clears throat> and then you get to where they they once they started to find some rhythm offensively, a large majority of that was Desmond Ritter going six for seven on third down for one hundred and thirty-four yards passing. Um, you had the big play through Rashad Medeiros, but you also had multiple third and longs that he converted, one to Thomas Geddes, one over the middle on an excellent throw to Khalil Lewis uh, in the soft spot of his own. And it seems like with Desmond Ritter, game by game, his confidence is growing. And I had been hearing this uh, since last year, since his redshirt year, that guys, for whatever reason, were just kind of drawn to him um, that he had that kind of natural leadership quality. And you're starting to see it just manifest itself as he gains more confidence from game to game. And he was he was damn near perfect in that second half against Ohio. It uh, he had, yeah, he had a stretch where he was eight for eight. Um, like I said, you know, he was perfect on third down for a long stretch. Um, this is now becoming a team where you can't just key on Mike Warren and stop them in the running game because Desmond Ritter is starting to get it rolling. Uh, I think the emergence of Josiah DeGuarra as kind of his safety valve at tight end, uh, has been a huge revelation. And now you're starting to see more weapons emerge. You're starting to see guys be more comfortable in their roles. And I think you're starting to see an offense that really believes that with Desmond Ritter in that huddle, we're going to get this thing done. Um, to go down and score ninety two yards, uh, you know, with pretty much the game on the line, and they yeah, marched straight the down the field. Right. Yeah, that, that was the, was drive, the drive, drive that won the game, and a lot of that was on Desmond Ritter, and and he just made play after play after play, and that nobody knew. What I mean, he wasn't. You know, we're we're Kentucky guys. We're familiar. St. X in Louisville is a predominantly running program. Um, a lot like, you know, Boone County back in the days, They they like to line it up and just run it right at you. And Desmond Ritter didn't throw a ton in high school. And he didn't throw a ton through the first three games. And we didn't really know exactly who he was going to be as a passer. I think there's still, you know, a lot to learn going forward. But now you're starting to feel a little bit more comfortable that this guy can put us on his back and, and, and throw us to a win, which we didn't have any clue of a month ago.
1: Yeah, I think that was the thing early on of, okay, you can win some games grounded and pounded in your defense, but when you get to the meat of the schedule or you get into a game like Saturday, is this kid ready to do what he did Saturday? He may have a game where he's 9 for 22 moving forward, but I think it did show that, that at least that, that, that capability level is there for Desmond Ritter, and that, that's what I would think is you start to look ahead in, in the schedule of, well, man, the more snaps he gets, the more comfortable he gets, the more confidence he gets, the more a couple of receivers continue to evolve the better he's going to be in this offense is going to be because it is showing it can run the ball. I mean that that part's absolutely much give given. So they can run the ball until if he shows he couldn't throw, they would start stacking the box and force him. Now you can't do that. You're starting to have to be a defense that's going okay. We got to defend the whole field. We don't. We can't put like UCLA did late in the game, basically put eleven guys at the line of scrimmage and said, "I know what's coming, and you know I know what's coming." But hey, this is what we got to do. Um, you can't. You're not going to be able to do that moving forward.
0: Hell, Miami did it the whole game.
1: Right. Well, that was all <laughs> weather, though. Too. It was that's weather right. related,
0: too. Yeah, but I'm saying that was, you know, that's what they faced, and now he's making it, it making you uh, think twice about it, and showing that that he can beat you with his arm, and and we've seen he can beat you with his legs. Um, he's got that. Uh, he's not fast, but he's got that long stride, and, and you know he's a threat there. He's got. Mike Warren, I mean, my Lord, that kid is turning into a star right before our eyes. And now all of a sudden there's, there's passing options and it's not just one receiver. There's multiple receivers and there's tight ends. We haven't seen backs out of the backfield a whole lot. I still think that's an element that they can add to this offense. Um, and, And I think we're pretty, pretty confident right now that they've got a good defense. So all of a sudden in year, like year two of this rebuild is, 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 happening quick in a much more rapid fashion yeah. than anyone felt no question no question
1: um there is depth at running back um yeah. I, 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 there is <laughs> yeah. but 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 uh, is it is it depth that they trust in a tight game because if you look back at Ohio the only two that carried the football the entire game were Michael Warren and Desmond Ritter um is there guy I, I, again it's always hard to gauge off of an Alabama and A&M game but you saw the yeah. guys do some things in that game that made you go okay can they be 15 carry-a-game guys? No, but could they be three to five to seven carry-a-game guys? Is there not that trust level, or are you going to have to get that? Because let's face it, Michael Ward's not going to be able to carry the football 25 to 30 times every game for the remainder of this football season. It's just not physically possible.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think there was great depth if you know if we're talking about Jared Dokes being healthy. But that hasn't happened yet. And if we don't see him this week... I mean, uh what's 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 your buddy Marvin Lewis's favorite line? I see better than I hear. Yeah. So, I'm getting to I see better than I hear with right. with Jared Dokes. So, at that point then guess what? Those two freshmen have to grow up real fast. Yeah.
1: Um
0: because you're right. Like it's not even the 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 2025 20, carries Skinny, I think he came out for one play, one offensive play yeah, and that, and that, against that Ohio. Is, I mean,
1: look, you can do that in certain games, right? Games that matter, games like right. this. But you can't do that week after week after week, and they know that. I mean, that's, yeah, not, 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 yeah, they know that. It's just, I get why you did it in that specific game, but you can't do that every game moving forward.
0: Well, I think they were hoping that if they could get through the first three or four games, then they get Dokes back, and then it's right. you know, it answers itself. But he wasn't out there Tuesday, and I'm starting to to be concerned that when are we actually going to see Jared Dokes this year? Are we going to see Jared Dokes this year? And if not, then you know Tavion Thomas and Charles McClellan uh, are going to be asked to grow up real fast, and that's going to start on the road uh, at Connecticut this week because you know somebody's got somebody's got to get some care- yeah like you know like I said you know you it's one thing if you're talking about 25 carries another thing if you're talking about 65 out of 66 snaps like correct. correct that's not that's not sustainable it's just not sustainable even for a guy you know, there you know how many yards how many times mike warren has been stopped behind the line of scrimmage this year
1: uh by the way you're phrasing i'm just going to throw it off the top of my head and say once twice twice that's pretty and especially when you look at those first two games yeah. when that was the offense
0: that was the entire offense, and, and he's still against Ohio. He carried it a ton, yeah, 23 twenty, twenty some, twenty three times, and, and he's been stopped behind the line of scrimmage for a tackle for loss twice in like a hundred carries. And he's not KB on Thomas physically. He's a lot. He's not. Yeah, he, he's not six foot three, two hundred and forty five pounds. He's he's a fairly small dude, but it is really difficult to get a clean shot on him. Um, I think that helps him some, but. You, you can't rely on him for 65 snaps a game. No doubt.
1: Um, I guess lastly, over these next you know, five games, and the games I talked about kind of leading up to USF, where you can dare to dream if you're a UC fan, no doubt that, that this team could be undefeated by the time it plays UCF. But over, those next, over these next five games, what, what is a pratfall or two that just can't happen? I mean, I, obviously catastrophic injuries, numerous can't, so we'll bypass that. But is there something that, that, that you look at and you go, that's still an Achilles heel, and if it doesn't get fixed, Yeah, they they may lose a game or two in this next five-game stretch.
0: I think the biggest thing I've seen that that was a question coming – There are two biggest things I've seen that were a question coming in, separation from the wide receivers, uh, especially down the field. Um, Now, we saw Madaris get behind the defense, um, but that was from the slot. That was not outside. Uh, We've seen Khalil Lewis making some plays over the middle, but we have not seen Khalil Lewis running behind the defense. Uh, yet this year. Um, Same with Thomas Geddes on the other side. So, if they're going to be able to stretch the field and open things up even more for the running game, you're going to need to see some wide receivers start to get some separation. And and honestly, right now, defenses are loading the box. You've got to make them pay a little bit more than they have so far. Um, I'd also like to see, and and Luke agreed with me, Luke Fickle agreed with me this week, I'd like to see some more Jay Sean Jackson. Because the kid has, like, I mean, he was, he had a lot of catches in the Alabama A&M game, but he had critical catches against UCLA and, and Ohio. And every time he touches the ball is pretty electric. Um I'd like to see him more involved in that passing game as well. I'd like to see him on the field more defensively. I, I think it's one, you've got to get Perry young back healthy because I think that was a big chunk of their defense struggling uh early in that Ohio game was adjusting to not having Perry young there. Right. Who is, you know, kind of the the energy guy. You know, mm-hmm. t- coaches talking about guys that give them energy. Uh Perry Young's a guy that gives that defense energy, and he's helping out Brian Wright, who's new to the middle linebacker position. Um, so I think they need him back one, two, they've got to get some some edge pass rush. They've gotten pressure up the middle from Cortez Broughton and Marquise Copeland, but you've got to get some more from Michael Pitts, uh, from Kamani Fitz, from guys that are on the edge. Um, because teams are just going to start figuring out, you, you know, you, you shift your offensive line to stop Copeland and Broughton, and, and then your quarterback's going to have some time in the pocket. Um, so, you know, that that for me defensively, uh, and when you go back and look why Ohio was successful and able to run all of that misdirection stuff, it's because Nathan Roark had time in the pocket and was able to, you know, kind of allow plays, slow developing plays to happen where they they misdirect the defense and catch, you know, an opening on the backside. Um, So I think offensively and defensively, those are the two things that that continue to need to improve uh, if this team's going to, you know, make a run at, what, an eight, nine win record? I I think everybody thought if they can get to six before the season started.
1: Six and six six in a bowl game was a legitimately feasible, be happy with six and
0: six in a bowl game. Like, progress is being made. And now, you know, you start winning, you go 4-0, and and you look like they've looked. You start thinking, you know, maybe eight wins, maybe nine wins, maybe right. a, a decent bowl game. And, and all of a sudden this program, the trajectory of this program changes drastically. No question. No doubt about it. It's just got to be
1: a lot more fun for everybody involved because the last couple of years, um, the end of the Tommy Tuberville era, the early part Oops. of a rebuild for Luke Fickle was just not a lot of fun, I can imagine.
0: Um, well, even less fun for me, because, uh, if you're familiar with the history of Bearcat Journal, Tim Adams retired on the, uh, seven and five year. <laughs> so, so you got to pick up the pieces. I, I picked up the pieces. My first full, my first year on the football beat full time was the, uh, the last Tommy Tuberville year. And then Luke Fickle's first year, last year. And, uh, and somebody that, that part of my job is owning a message board. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't yes. an enjoyable experience, Mr. Skinner. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine.
1: Very quickly, just one quick basketball because practice is beginning, um, and, and so there's really not a lot to, to talk about. We'll do that here coming up when, when you and I and Rick get get together here in a, a little over a week or so. Uh, but just a couple of storylines for you heading into to the start of practice um, that, that you're kind of keeping your eye on.
0: I mean, obviously it's going to be offense. Um, you lose – three guys like they lost. Right. Uh Gary Clark, Jacob Evans, Kyle Washington. Um, you know, it, it it's gonna be a ch- a challenge. So you couldn't Excuse get me. through this podcast you
1: couldn't even get through this podcast <laughs> without a cough. You couldn't even I, do it.
0: I, I get choked up thinking about sixty fifty four to fifty three rock fights uh coming <laughs> back into my life uh, this winter. Um <laughs> but I mean that's, you know, it's going to be very similar, I think, or similar in some ways at least uh, to the year that SK's senior year uh, where they relied on him as heavily, heavily as they did um, as some younger guys developed. Uh, I think with Jaron Cumberland, that's going to be very similar this year. Uh, he will have someone that should be offensively a pretty legitimate running mate in Kane Broom. Um, I think you look, we all agreed last year, I think, that Broom was better off the ball. Right. Uh, we talked about it many times. I think, you know, you've got Justin Jennifer, um, and then you've got a freshman in Logan Johnson, I think, where you're going to be pretty solid at point guard, um, that you can allow Team Broom to play more off of the ball. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, uh, an important factor for this offense. And then, you know, getting – capable offensive minded big men in college is is always a difficult task. Uh they had two of them that could not only score at the rim but could stretch out to the three point line. Uh they do not have, you know, any proven commodities uh on either of those fronts at this right. point in time. <laughs> you you take
1: one, preferably the guy who can do it around the bucket right now, but yeah. Right,
0: yeah. Uh it, you know, I think, you know, with Trey Scott and you know, Brooks L.E.L. Uh, Sesemi, you've got some guys that, that have the potential to do it. We just haven't seen it consistently. Um And, and you know, if we're being completely honest, they're, they're never going to be the offensive players that Gary and Kyle were. Um So they're going to have, you know, have to be better rebounding, have to be better defensively uh, on the interior. But you've got to figure out, you know, those guys can't be five-point-a-game guys.
1: Correct. Right. You got. Right. You got to
0: figure out between the three of them how to get to fifteen, seventeen, something along those lines, to where you're not completely relying on your guards and having teams just sag off of everything you do and, and pack the lane uh, and, and, and make and, offense just a nightmare.
1: Right. And on a night when they don't don't shoot it particularly well, you're screwed. Right.
0: Right. You know. You know. In those situations, there's no driving lanes. Uh, you're not going to be able to get to the rim, which means you're not going to be able to get to the foul line which means you're going to jack up 33s threes. 33s threes, and this is not going to be a 40% team from 3. I think they can be solid uh but this is not going to be a team that, you know, you want to shoot 30 times a game because you're uh you're you're you've adjusted to the the new style of basketball and you're trading threes for twos. I we're not there yet, sir.
1: That <laughs> that would be a big step
0: forward for sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, Chad, I appreciate it. uh, We're looking forward to the basketball season. We'll uh, we'll get that cranked up here soon, but it was good to catch up on some football because certainly a a lot of fun for UC fans to be off to a 4 0 start, as I mentioned, with the five game stretch coming up. Uh, Yeah, you can dare to dream of where they might go with this season for sure.
0: Have you done the number? Have you looked at the numbers on how bad UConn's defense is?
1: Um, I know
0: it's it's the worst in the country, correct? Do you know how bad? This is something that Uh, will blow your uh, mind. I usually
1: usually look, um, I put together a little quick preview on Fridays just to well, see this, what, what a score prediction is going to be. They have to be giving up close to 600 a game, correct?
0: And they're over 600 a game. Cool. They are They are the worst defense in the country by over 120 yards a game.
1: And Ohio U was was kind of up there too, weren't they? No, Ohio
0: U is, is second to last.
1: Okay, that's And they give you. up
0: 125 yards a game less. Wow. I mean, wow. I've never seen the the gap between last and second to last. Is a hundred and twenty-five yards? That's they give that's up a lot. Three hundred yards a game running, and almost three hundred like thirty yards a game passing.
1: Well, that, that brings you back to the old ha- Don McKay quote, the great quote of the Tampa Bay Bucks coach when they were going through that. <laughs> what do you think of their
0: execution? I'm <laughs> in favor of it. <laughs> I'm
1: in favor of it. No, in this case, it's hey, we can't stop the run, and we make up for it by not being able to stop the pass either. So we're really. Kenny, here's
0: here's my question. How How is that possible when you're giving up 300 rushing yards a game that there's enough time to give up 330 passing yards a game? Well, here's what happens,
1: I guess. Te- teams, teams pass them silly in the first half, take two yeah. leads, and then say, let's just turn to running it, and they run them to death in the second and half. And
0: then they run, you know, the, the, they add in a couple 75, 80-yard right. runs. and
1: Right, and you're good to go. It's,
0: it's, it's the most mind-boggling stat I've heard in a long time. 124 yards worse than second to last.
1: And to think that that program was in a what a BCS bowl? How long ago was it? Eight, nine, ten years ago? Not too
0: far I mean, ago. They have like five true freshmen starting on defense.
1: That's impossible. You can't and you can't compete at that kind of a level.
0: No, um, their first team, their first team is five true freshmen, two redshirt freshmen, and four sophomores as their starting defense.
1: Mm-hmm. Getting good experience, just getting good experience, getting pushed around. That's what they're getting.
0: You want to talk about young. Everybody talks about UCB and young. You want to talk about young. That UConn defense should still mostly be in high school.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's a tough way to compete, as you know. As you
0: that's know. not good if you're Randy Etzel. Exactly.
1: Chad, I appreciate it, man. As always, we'll, uh, we'll catch up here again another little over a week or so.
0: No problem, man. you need any more tips for that Friday column, hit me up. I'll help you, you out. You
1: got it, brother. I appreciate the nuggets. <laughs> Thanks as always, well. All Next, right. Chad Randall from Bearcat Journal. I'm Richard Skinner, this has been the Skinny Podcast, presented by Joseph Infinity, since Cincinnati.